Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Heva, and this is the 93rd episode of this fucking podcast. We are just on the countdown to 100. It should be happening mid to late October, I think. So mark your calendars. We're going to have Mylar balloons. It's going to be a whole thing. Woo, let's go. Um, I might be a little more animated than usual today because so sometimes I like to do like vocal warmups before I record, which honestly is so embarrassing to admit because despite doing that, I still mumble my words and sound like low key kind of monotone, but I'm actually going to address that later in that. Anyway, um, I am home alone right now for what feels like the first time in 45 years and <laughs> Ozzy left this morning for a... Uh, like so he's a film editor for sports tv and he like sometimes has to be on location for like a specific tournament or something and it's like absolutely grueling and hellish for him but um I go batshit crazy home alone by myself like it's in in a good way crazy like it's like no parents no rules like it's a whole new me anyway so instead of doing something you know cringy and cheesy and normal like red leather yellow leather to get things loosened up I just started making the weirdest fucking sounds ever and then was laughing at myself making these weird sounds and I have a neighbor it's actually kind of a weird thing. So I live in a Tribeca, like a small Tribeca converted factory building that were artist lofts for a bit. Um, very small building. Like, so technically at my address, it's only me on this floor. However, the building is the same building as next door. It makes no sense. I, I understand what I'm saying makes no sense. So let's say hypothetically, my address was 20. 18 of the same street is the same building. Like it's owned by the same person who is my landlord, actually. Um, it's owned by, like the buildings are under the same LLC. There's different doors and different elevators, but the third floor is actually all, like it, there is no wall separating them. But on my floor, there is a wall separating quote unquote, 18 and 20. And so I have never met my neighbor. His name is Carlos. I'm just going to say it. I really hope he can't hear me. Um, yeah, um, I've never met him. 
Uh, so again, because he's in the other building, so he takes a different entrance than I do. But I sometimes see him show up when I try to airdrop things, which is like 14 times a day because I'm just constantly airdropping between, you know, my phone, my laptop, my the desktop, yada, yada. You know, while we're here, I'm just going to address this real quick. I understand that people say Android phones are better. And you know what? They probably are better. I mean, enough people say it. You got to believe it at some point, right? But I feel like I would never switch. And I mean, never say never because who the fuck knows? You know, five years ago, I would have never thought that I'd be talking about my vagina so much on a podcast, but here we are. Um, But I don't think I would ever switch because I like the, um, should we use a douchey word like synergy? I like the synergy of having all Apple products. Like that to me is invaluable. The fact that I can pick up my text messages across all my devices, the fact that I can just airdrop things around between all my devices, the fact that I have everything on iCloud and it's just everywhere, the, the integration, the convenience. I mean, It's unparalleled. So yeah, I don't think I would switch for that very reason. Anyway, moving right along, I sometimes see Carlos show up on my airdrop and I fantasize about airdropping him like really weird stuff. I don't know what though. I haven't really decided. I need to put some thought into it, but I think it could be funny. Uh, Have not done it. I really hope he can't hear me. This is how this actually started. Uh, If he can, hey, Carlos, um, super awkward. I feel super uncomfortable now. But yeah, I always wonder, can he hear me? I mean, I've quite literally never heard him. In fact, the only reason I know that he exists is because A, he shows up on my airdrop. B, sometimes his packages come to our side of the building. So I see it there. And C, one time his toilet overflowed and it flooded so badly that it destroyed the gallery that's below us. <laughs> and that, my friends, is like a really embarrassing poop story, right? Like my poop was so dramatic that an entire gallery was destroyed. Like art was destroyed because my shit was so massive. Speaking of poop, sharp left. I have been just having a love affair with making nettle and chickweed infusions lately. And I was doing this like three years ago, but you know, I kind of go in and out of habits and stuff. Okay. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, an infusion is, I mean, like a tea is technically an infusion. It's when you infuse hot water with dried herbs. Now you would do an infusion for, um, leaves, maybe stems, but, or leaves and flowers, I would say, but like roots and stems, you actually would want to put over heat to boil. But yeah, so technically tea is an infusion. I use the word for a longer infusion. So like overnight. So basically what I do, and I do this in separate jars, I take like big jars And I put a little bit of dried nettle in one and a little bit of dried chickweed in one. And I, I, it's been brought to my attention that the term chickweed is funny, but it's just what the herb is called. 
And then I pour boiling water over top of both. I, I like I use like giant like I'll use a giant pitcher for nettle and then like a pretty large jar for the chickweed. Anyway, pour the hot water, the boiling water, let it sit overnight in the morning. I strain it. I actually don't even just strain the whole thing right away. What I really do is I'll just as I go, I put, you know, a little fine mesh sieve in my cup. Is that how you pronounce that word sieve? Good God. Like I... I keep clinging on to the excuse that English is my third language, which it is. English is my third language, but let's be fucking real. I'm pretty good at English. I should know how to pronounce words. Anyway, I think it's sieve, but good. Like I have been so wrong about pronouncing words in the past. If I'm doing it so wrong, but you know what I mean? Like those strainer things, right? So I put a little one in my cup and then I just pour some of each and I drink it. Now the nettle is delicious. It's so good. And when I say delicious, if you're picturing like, I don't know, something sweet, it's not delicious in that way. It's delicious in an herby way. It's so mineral rich. And I think you can taste the mineral richness of it. I don't know. I think it's really, really beautiful. And it's a great thing to kind of just replace your water with because it has all those trace minerals. So it actually does a better job at hydrating you because a lot of times when we drink water, it just kind of passes through you because it doesn't have those minerals to latch onto or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, when it has the minerals, it can actually penetrate the cells. So that's the one. And then the chickweed I find is exceptionally good for bowel movements. And I've been thinking about getting a second colonic. If you haven't heard about my first colonic, I talked about it on a episode. I don't know which one. Maybe I'll try to find it right now real quick as I talk. I mean, you guys can't say I don't put in the work on this podcast, although you could say I don't because I guess I could have been prepared with this ahead of time. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea. Okay, it's not. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know what episode it was on. Was it wellness and entertainment tips, tricks, and recommendations? It could have been that. Oh, no, colonics. There we go. I found it. It's um the July 19th episode, How to Be the Bigger Person, Effective Tools to Help Deal with Toxic and Difficult People. July 19th, it's episode number... Ooh, I accidentally marked it as clean. Whoopsie. And I don't know what episode number it is. So yeah, sorry about that. But it's the July 19th episode, How to Be the Bigger Person. I talk about my first colonic experience. It was, you know, it, 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 it's, it's always interesting when you poop in front of someone. I mean, really never a dull moment. So um, yeah, I was kind of thinking about getting a second one because ever since I got my last period, I just have felt so constipated. And even though I am pooping, I just, I constantly, I don't know if out there people can relate to this. I feel like there's like a little bit more that isn't coming out. Anyway, chickweed I find is just exceptional at cleansing. And I don't know, you know, I have all these tools that I don't use. Like I know about chickweed. I've known about chickweed. I've used chickweed for years and then I just stop and then I kind of forget about it. Like I have a really good magnesium that really will make you poop. I do take it though, but you know, I don't know, whatever. Uh, there's triphala, this Ayurvedic herb. It's actually 
a combo of three different types of fruit that's really, really good for getting things moving also. Like I have all these tools, I just sometimes don't use them. But yeah, anyway, so the past two days I've been making chickweed and nettle infusions. Again, I do them separately because I think nettle is so delicious and I just don't want the taste of it to get diluted by the chickweed, which also isn't that unpleasant. I mean, there are a lot of herbs that are really fucking unpleasant, like passion flower. Passion flower is disgusting. Don't be fooled by the very, very fucking cool name. I mean, what a cool name. It's a great herb for anxiety and shit like that, but it tastes pretty fucking gross. Or red raspberry leaf, also disgusting. Could be fooled by the name. I mean, you would think that sounds fucking delicious, right? Really good for hormone stuff, like female hormone hormone stuff, but it does not taste good. I think it's super gross. Yeah, nettle is actually... I think the best tasting chickweed is like fairly neutral. I mean, it just tastes like fucking herbs and water, you know, whatever. Anyway, passing this along, if you guys want to start doing the infusions with me, DM me if you have questions, DM me if you want recommendations on where to get the herbs. But yeah, really a fan. I've really been enjoying it. The minerals are also really great for, you know, your skin, your hair, this, that yada, yada, moving right along. So last week I talked a lot about the olives that I was eating at Dante along with my martini. So Ozzy and I, if you're, if it's your first time listening, also if it's your first time listening, good God, it's just, it's off to a weird start. I promise I'm a little, um, no, I'm not going to promise I'm more normal than this. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird energy today. I recognize it, but welcome. If it's your first time, um, my boyfriend is not named Ozzy, but we call him Ozzy on the podcast. He is Australian. So Ozzy and I went to the original location of Dante last week on McDougal Street, and we had a couple of drinks there, and I, of course, ordered the martini for said olives, and they brought me one olive. Instead of the three that I got at the West Village location, they brought me one. So then I was like, okay, fine. So I looked at the food menu and they had olives. So I ordered the olives. It was a different type of fucking olive. They wouldn't bring me more of the green, beautiful ones. So yeah, I was pretty bummed about that. And I've been on a quest to figure out what kind of olives they use. Now, really, I think what I need to do is just go back and ask them, which I'll do at some point, but I really don't have time this week. It's a very stressful week for me. I have a lot going on. It's probably the busiest week of my professional career, honestly, and in the best way possible. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so fucking amped, but... I'm working very hard. I do not have time to go (laughs) drink martinis at Dante just to figure out where the olives are from. I suppose I could call them, but you know, I'll just go at some point. I'll figure it out. But my guess is that they're Frescatrano. Hold on. How do you spell this? Frescatrano olives. That is my guess of what they are. Um, I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll find out. But yeah, that's that on the olives. Stay tuned for more olive content. And, um, you know, speaking of food things that I get weirdly obsessed over, you know what I really love in chips? I really like it when a chip curls up. Like when there's either two chips kind of stuck together or the the chip is folded over and it's, you know, kind of curled up or whatever. Those are my 
favorite chips and my angel darling of a boyfriend, Ozzy, always saves those ones for me because he knows how much I like them. Also, I've addressed this before, but if you don't remember, try dipping your chips in plain unflavored yogurt, like not a sweet yogurt, not a vanilla, nothing with sugar added. I'm talking like a Greek style yogurt. Um, if you're vegan, I really like a really well fermented coconut yogurt. I can give you brand recommendations if you DM me. Anyway, me rambling about this is actually reminding me of a conversation I was having with one of my close friends. So her mom recently was exposed to someone doing a grocery haul on Instagram stories for the first time. She had never seen it and she was just bewildered by it, as you might be if you have never experienced this before, right? Like it's been so normalized for us that we just kind of move on. But just think if it were your first time seeing someone unpack their groceries on Instagram stories, would you not be like, what? Why are you do like, do you think someone out here gives a shit about your fucking groceries? Is that something that you think is happening? <laughs> and I mean, I've done it, so I, I'm not out here judging it. I just, I think it's so, it was so funny for me to see it through her eyes and then think like how self-important of me and how fucking vain of me to sit here and ramble about my olives and my chips and this and that. You know, last weekend I posted an Instagram story about how I think there's too long of a break in between seasons of television because we're not doing the old school prime time or cable or network, whatever the right word is, because I literally don't know actually the distinction between these things tv where we had shows that would run from like august september up until may june right and then they take the summer off and then they come back that used to be what we did so like i can remember what happens over the course of the summer right like i remember when i watched friends in real time and you find out at monica and chandler's wedding that rachel is pregnant and you're like oh my god who's the father and you see her just kind of looking off and you're like holy shit is it Ross? Is it not Ross? Is it Ross? Is it not Ross? And then, you know, a few months later, like two to three months later, the next season starts. And then, you know, it's the continuation of Monica and Chandler's wedding. And Phoebe is covering for Rachel, pretending that she's pregnant because Rachel doesn't want people to know. And Rachel's not finishing her champagne. And then you're like, ooh, is Ross the father? Ooh, is Ross the father? And then you see Ross spending the entire wedding trying to cozy up to this chick. And by this chick, I remember her name. It was Mona. I remember she was on for a while. If you don't watch Friends, this is so boring. But I remember all that shit because there was a very short break, but that's not how TV works anymore. Now we have, you know, 10 episodes of a show and then there's a full fucking year until the next season comes out. And guess what? I don't remember what happened last season, a year minimum, by the way, I just want to say a year minimum, like season four of Stranger Things is out. I haven't watched it because I don't remember what the fuck happened in season three of Stranger Things, which came out what feels like 
14 years ago, you know, but quite literally it was more than a year ago. What was it like two years ago? What the fuck were they doing? I mean, I don't know. There was also a global pandemic. So maybe that, you know, derailed things a little bit. Who knows? Who am I to say? Nevertheless, my point is, I think there's too long of a break. Why am I on this tangent? Oh, that's right. That's right. Because I am out here spewing nonsense about nothing. Like who gives a shit about these things? And I go on this whole long tangent about it in my Instagram stories. Not quite as robust as this tangent. So, you know, if you're experiencing it for the second time, you're welcome. You got extra content in this one. And one of my friends from law school DMs me and he's like, you know, I was just listening to a really interesting podcast about this. And actually, I don't think they can do anything. There's all these uh, issues that TV and movie production is facing. Now, I haven't, he sent me the link. I haven't listened to it yet. If you're listening, thank you so much. And he said something really, really funny. Hold on. Let me read it to you. He goes, I'm here for all your unnecessary deep dives. And I started laughing because that's exactly what they are. They are unnecessary and they are deep dives. And I just ramble, ramble, ramble about my opinions on olives and chips and TV show seasons. And like, literally who gives a shit? Like how self-important and how fucking vain of me. I mean, Does anyone care? I honestly don't know. But again, seeing the grocery haul through my friend's mother's eyes was kind of a wake up call of, I don't know how self-important we all are, but here I am just continuing it. I don't, but like sometimes people agree. I don't know. Anyway, moving right along, I just want to mention um, a friend of the podcast, Stella, if you've been listening for a while, you've heard Stella on plenty of episodes. She hasn't been on for a while because she's been traveling and doing various things and got sick and this and that. But we will have her back on soon. Her birthday is this Friday, September 2nd. My favorite Virgo, maybe the only Virgo I actually like, honestly. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. There's probably someone I'm offending right now without even realizing it. But my favorite Virgo, it's her birthday. If you're listening, if you love Stella, you know, shout out for her birthday. She doesn't have social media, so you can just DM me. Or what you could do is share this episode in your Instagram stories and say happy birthday, Stella, and tag at BlushPod. That would be a really nice way to celebrate Stella's birthday by helping the podcast, because that's really all Stella wants for her birthday. Okay, moving right along. So I want to talk briefly about Sydney Sweeney. So I guess over the weekend, this whole thing came out about Sydney Sweeney's family, I guess, had a 60th birthday party for her mother. And at the birthday party, the guests were wearing red hats that had white block letters on them that said, make 60 great again. Now, <laughs> you might recall similar imaging on Trump supporter hats that are red with white block letters that say, make America great again. Okay, so you know, you're fully caught up. And then there was also this thing where people were wearing t-shirts that had I don't know, a logo or a design or something that was reminiscent of Blue Lives Matter. Now, if you don't know Blue Lives Matter, that's, um, I believe, a police support slogan that, you know, is in direct reference to Black Lives Matter, right? 
So it's not, I mean, it's not like just like supporting the cops. It's a little more loaded than that. Cause when people say black lives matter and you respond with blue lives matter, you may as well be saying no black lives don't matter. You know what I mean? It kind of has the same fucking effect. So anyway, moving right along all this stuff. I, and she posted plenty of photos where you could see all these things. And people have obviously been talking about what this means. Is this a political statement? Yada, yada. Actually, funny story this morning before Ozzy left, I was like, hey, did you hear about Sydney Sweeney's mom's birthday party? And he said, and I quote, because I wrote it down. He said, I saw she was trending on Twitter, but I thought that might just be because of her boobs. <laughs> And this is the love of my life, you guys. Anyway, um, how cute, though. And then I filled him in. Anyway, so she came out and she goes, oh, my God, relax, guys. You know, it was a birthday party for my mom, not a political statement. And here's the thing. No matter how you slice and dice it, it is a political statement. And I will draw a comparison. I own a red hat that has white block letters on it. And it says, make America gay again. And one time I was assaulted while wearing it. In all fairness, I think the person who hit me thought it was a MAGA hat, like a make America great again hat. And that's why he hit me. I don't think he was homophobic. I think he just didn't look closely enough to see that it said gay. I bought it during gay pride a few years ago. I love it. In fact, I should wear it more often. It is a political statement, though. It's not not political. It's satirizing the Trump support base. It's you know what I mean? It's I think it's hilarious because what would Trump fans like less than to make America more gay? You know, I think it's fucking hilarious, but it is political. Like anytime you take something that is political and change it to something else, it is political. Now, I think where she could have come out ahead was if she was like, guys, we're making fun of Trump supporters. We're making fun of Trump this. We're very anti this. That's where she could have come out ahead, but I'm guessing that's probably not the case. So instead, she's like, it's not political. But like, it is political. You can't take something political and say it's not political. That's just not going to work. Like, it's just objectively untrue. And also, you are allowed to be a Trump supporter. You're allowed to be right wing. Like, these things are allowed. And you're also allowed to have family that has these views. Now, I think we as human beings are also allowed to not like someone or not associate with them because their values and morals don't agree with us. I do think it's unfair to write off a young actress because her family might have right wing views. Like, I don't think that that should be put on her because her views could be very different. But for her to say it's not political, I think it's just objectively untrue. Like it's it's like low-key kind of gaslighting us because it's it's just untrue. She could have done any number of things. I think number one, she could have started with just not posting it. That would have been a pretty solid first step. Number two, she could be like, listen, my family is conservative. My family supports Trump. There's nothing I can do about it. Do you not have relatives who have views that are different from yours? Boom. Or third step, let's say those are her views. Just fucking own it. People 
People might have an issue with that, but people are allowed to have an issue with views that differ from theirs. Like I have an issue kind of with someone supporting someone who wants to kill everyone who looks like me. Like I kind of have an issue with that. Um, and I'm allowed to have that issue, but you're also allowed to have those views. Like who gives a shit? You know, let's just be a little more fucking real, but I don't know. I don't know why I'm on this tangent. I guess it's largely because I just feel like we should own where like we should own our views. And I think that would be a little bit easier if there was a little bit less cancel culture and we could just let people be. But the thing is, in support of cancel culture, and I really think it's unfair to cancel. Like I, 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 I don't think that helps anyone. I think we should be in a place where we're educating. But what I will say is like, we are also like, again, we're allowed to not support someone if their values don't align with us. It's that simple. Anyway, probably shouldn't have brought this up, but it's 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 staying in because we do know edits these days. Okay, moving right along. Um, I've had my second laser treatment. I know I talked about it last week. And I just want to say I now have what I'm calling alopecia pus. It's the hairs are sparse. They're very, very sparse. It's it's different than anything I've seen before. <laughs> it's really not a vibe. I don't know what to say. And you know, before I started laser, Ozzy said to me approximately 600 times, he was like, are you sure you want to do this? Because what if one day you want a bush? What if one day you want to rock a bush? You might not be able to once you start laser. And I still don't want to rock a bush. And if I were just shaving it, it would be fine. It would be great. Like, the, like I, I, this is an endorsement of laser hair removal. I'm telling you, I've done it two times and their hairs are very, very sparse. So, you know, that is an endorsement. I'm not knocking it, but it looks fucking weird when I don't shave it. And I have these, you know, long, like maybe half centimeter hairs. If you don't know what a centimeter is, honestly, brush up on the metric system because it's the right system the shit that we use in the U.S., it's fucked up. Like, who came up with it? I just want to be in the room when someone was like, you know what? We have this really great metric system, right? There's 10 milli millimeters in a centimeter, 10 centimeters, uh, no, 100 centimeters in a meter, right, right? There's the prefixes that make it all make sense. Everything's orderly. Everything's organized. It makes so much sense. What if instead we came up with a whole new system that makes quite literally zero sense for no reason? Let's just do it. It's fucked up. Let's let's petition to move back to the metric system, to everyone. Just let's just do the metric system. Anyway, about half centimeter long hairs. And, and no, that's not half an inch. It's much smaller. But they're so sparse. There's all this room in between them. It it looks very, very strange is all I can say. So yeah, there's that journey that I'm on. I guess I'll go in for another treatment soon. Um. Okay. Yeah. So uh, speaking of my genital area or my pubic area, the other day, Ozzy and I had sex and we did something that we've never done before in the bedroom. I'm kind of going back and forth between whether to share it or not. 
Maybe I won't. Ooh, maybe I'll have a little bit of... No, whatever. I'm just going to share it because it just sounds like a lot more exotic than what it actually is. We, um, I believe the kids call it titty fuck. We titty fucked. And probably the reason we've never done it before is because my boobs haven't been big enough. But she's gained a little weight. So my boobs are big enough to be able to, you know, really slide up and down that shaft now. And I was thinking, and I just want to use this as motivation to the people listening who are in long-term relationships. God, I like a normal person would just not put this episode out, right? Like the fact that I'm going to put it on, I don't even know what to say about it. Anyway, um, I just want to, you know, maybe like a little spark of inspiration. If you're in a long-term relationship, try doing something different. Cause I think we get very caught up in our routines, right? Like him and I usually have a few different positions that we do, you know, we might alternate between them in one session. We might just switch it up, whatever. I finish. He holds off until I finish. Then he finishes. Boom. That just tends to be kind of what we do. And to do something different, it was exciting. It was like early dating again. So if you're listening and you're in a long-term relationship, take this as a sign and do something new. You don't have to do what we did. There are any number of things that you could do. But if you are in a hetero relationship... I would encourage you to try doing something outside the P and the V. Spice it up a little. Just something a little different. I don't know. Anyway, um, I posted the uh, this thing on my TikTok the other day. It was a poll to see who, like people in relationships. Would you care if your partner watched porn? And I was quite shocked to see the answers were pretty split because I personally have never really cared I don't think Ozzy watches porn. I mean, if he does, he's like really being shockingly secret about it because I've never seen it happen and we are quite literally like attached at the hip. So no, I really don't think he watches porn. I mean, I would guess he probably did when he was younger. I don't know. Who knows? I haven't watched porn in many years, but I can't say that it would bother me. And in fact, I kind of like the idea of maybe watching a little bit of porn together. I think that could be spicy and exciting. I don't know. Anyway, it just got me thinking about porn and I started looking up statistics about pornography and here's something really interesting. It's really hard to find unbiased statistics about pornography because every page I went to, I noticed the source, right? So actually the best the best statistics I was able to find were on the recovery village, which I think is a um, rehab place. And so they're kind of really talking about porn addiction, mostly like that's their glance. That's their bias that they're coming from. I mean, I went on a bunch of church websites and they're like, can you believe like amongst <laughs> what was it? I, this really made me laugh. They were like, you know, amongst Gen Z 80% of them think it's worse to not recycle than to watch porn. And I was like, yeah, as it should be, it is worse to not recycle than to watch porn. And then I looked at what the source was and it was some kind of a church website. And I was like, oh, okay, there you go. So yeah, it's very hard to find porn statistics that, you know, are not biased. But I found a few that I just want to throw out there. 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit internet pornography websites. 
10% of U.S. adults admit to having an addiction to internet pornography. That feels very high. 17% of all women struggle with porn addiction. Again, that just feels very high. I don't know, but you know, consider the source. 20% of men and 13% of women admit to accessing porn while at work. That is aggressive. Wow. Um, but that actually that tracks for me. That's, that's a believable figure for me. I have never done that, but go off. 70% of women admit to keep their cyber activity secret. Yeah, that really fucking tracks. One of three visitors of all adult websites is a woman. Okay. Women favor chat rooms two times more than men. What the fuck are chat rooms? Like, I haven't even heard the word chat room since AOL days. Fascinating. Don't know what these are. Um, I hope people are being safe in these chat rooms. Okay, so a Cosmo study, and this is from 2013, uh, found that Oh, they were serving sex therapists and 80% of those sex therapists said that they felt porn hurt their relationships and 90% had seen an increase in relationship troubles due to porn use. Now, is this of their patients or the sex therapists themselves? I don't know. I have no idea. There's something more specific that I wanted to talk about, though. I can't find it. It was a divorce statistic. Let's see. Let me control F this. Ah, about 56% of divorce proceedings cite an quote unquote obsessive interest, unquote, in pornographic websites. 56% of divorce proceedings mention obsessive interest in porn. I'm sorry, half over half of divorces are partially caused by pornography. Are you, is this serious? Is this real? Can someone, you know what? The 56 is highlighted. Let me, let me see if I can find a source here. Uh, conversely, other studies show that women who use porn themselves tend to have a higher quality sex, which I also kind of believe. Uh, okay, that link went to webroot.com. Okay, I'm not going to keep doing this. This is probably interesting for no one. I'm fascinated. DM me your thoughts on this because, yeah, I, I I, really, I do see all sides of the corn. <laughs> all sides of the coin, not corn. I, I understand that a lot of porn is really aggressive. I understand that it's it portrays women poorly. I also have heard a lot of really bad things about the porn industry itself and how women are treated, which does make me a fan of, you know, the rise of OnlyFans and yada, yada. I see every side of it, right? I see how watching a lot of porn, particularly very aggressive and misogynistic porn, kind of like fucks with you. You know, I dated a guy once who said that he had a really hard time coming from sex because he's so used to watching really, really filthy porn. And so he just needs shit to be really out of control to be able to have an orgasm. I see all sides of it. I see, you know, there's other types of porn that's better. Allegedly, again, I haven't watched porn in many years, but I hear that there's a lot more, what do you call it? Like female friendly types of porn. Anyway, I can see the good. I can see the bad. I can see how it can help you get in touch with what you like, but I also can see how if you're 
exposed to very intense things that can fuck with your head. I, I see it all. I'm very curious to hear people's opinions. Okay, let's see. Wow, there's still a lot on the docket. And I thought this was going to be a really fucking short episode. I might have to cut some stuff out. Okay, I want to talk for a minute about judging people. So I was having this experience recently, maybe a month or two ago, where I was listening to this podcast and there was a guest on and a friend of mine told me to listen to it. She was like, I think you would take a lot from this episode, which by the way, if you ever have that experience, please share this podcast with your friends. Anyway, the guest on it, I started listening. She was saying very interesting things, but I was like, I don't know if I can keep listening to this because she's too animated. She's like, why is she so theatrical? Why is her voice going up and down and this and that and the inflections? Like, oh my God, I don't know if I can listen to it. (laughs) And then I really had to take a moment. I was like, why does that bother me? Like, where is that coming from? And this is what I want to say. I think when we judge other people for something, it very, very, very often is something that we're suppressing in ourselves. So in this example, I had to really look and I was like, I think maybe I kind of pride myself on being a little bit more monotone because it feels kind of like cool and mysterious and like she doesn't really give a fuck. Like I've always kind of had that thing in my head, right, where if you care less, it kind of comes off as cool, which is so fucking untrue. I think caring is the coolest thing, showing that you care, owning your feelings. There's nothing fucking cooler than that. But, you know, there's still that lingering trauma there. And I had to really, you know, go in, do some inner healing on that, reprocess that trauma, yada, yada. And then when I came out, her animate. <laughs> Her animated way of speaking didn't bother me so much. And you know what? One could say that I'm probably more animated today than I have been historically. And maybe it's because I went in and I reprocessed that trauma. So if you're listening and you're like, damn, this switch is way too fucking animated. Maybe you have similar things, right? Because there was probably something that happened in elementary school where there was someone who was really animated and someone's like, oh my God, you're being so dramatic. You're being so annoying. Something to that effect, right? And so you internalize that it's better to not show that you care. I mean, I'm actually just, I, why am I speaking in second person? This is my personal experience. So yeah, just pay attention to where you are judging people because it can be such a good clue as to where you need to do healing on yourself. And then once you do that healing, it's not the effect of it. The goal of the effect isn't that you judge people less. I mean, that's, you know, a beautiful bonus. But once you do that healing, it'll help you feel better about everything in your life. It'll make you a more pleasant person to be around. So do it for that reason, not so that you stop judging that other person. I mean, yes, that's a bonus, but it's really about getting yourself to the best place possible. And on that note, I also want to touch on this. I think when people sometimes diminish something, like diminish your dreams or kind of like, ooh, I don't know, like don't get your hopes up or like, ooh, that's so hard. I mean, I remember when I was kind of phasing out of practicing law and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I decided to set up a solo practice 
because I knew I could get a few clients and save some money and figure out what I wanted to do next. And I remember I was really close friends with this girl from law school, although I stopped being friends with her pretty much right after this. And she was like, oh, mm, okay, like, wow, you're going to do that. You know, when people have that type of attitude, what they're actually doing is they're projecting their own insecurities onto you. So this girl from law school was very clearly like, ooh, I would never have the balls to set up something on my own. I need the security of being in corporate, which I can totally relate to. I've had that my entire life. But she was projecting that onto me. So when people, you know, are like, ooh, you know, that's such a saturated field. Like, ooh, I don't know if you can make it as an actress, as a singer, as this, as that. What they're actually doing is just projecting their own insecurities onto you. And if you are not in a place where you're firm enough in your belief in yourself, which is okay, then don't even share that thing with those people because I think you should only share if you're firm enough that when they project their insecurities, you don't let it affect you. Yeah, is that helpful? Does that make sense? Uh, anyway, moving right along. So Ozzy and I do a lot of, well, we'll play guided meditations in bed. We'll play them at night to fall asleep too. And we'll play them in the mornings. And there is a person, and I'm going to speak about this cryptidly. I just today, no sense of words. I'm going to speak about this in a cryptid fashion because I'm going to say something not so nice. And when I say things that are not so nice, I don't like to use the person's name. But if you are someone who has read this person's books, uh, let's give this person a nickname. Let's say Lens. For no reason. There's no meaning there. I just saw a camera lens next to me. We're going to call this person Lens. So if you've read Lens's books or done any of Lens's guided meditations, particularly I think you have to have done the guided meditations to know, you will instantly know who the fuck I'm talking about. Nevertheless, I'm not going to say it. So I've read a couple of Lenz's books. They're excellent. They're really great. And I've tried many, many times to do some of Lenz's guided meditations. Lenz sells a lot of guided meditations. You have to buy them individually. And a lot of people rave over them. And I have always had a very hard time getting into them for two reasons. Number one, Lenz's voice is not very soothing to me. Number two, Lenz really likes to use the words in space in the guided meditations. So Lens will say things like, become aware of the space that your head occupies in space. And then we'll just go through your entire body and keep saying, become aware of the space that your eyes occupy in space and be aware of the space between your eyes in space. <laughs> And it just goes on. And Lens says 
in space so many fucking times that you just it just you know when you repeat something over and over and over again it just kind of starts to lose meaning you're like what am I even saying like you know I write blush a lot not like I don't just sit at my computer and write blush 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 over and over again but I mean I I just throughout the course of my days and weeks write to the word blush a lot it happens a lot and when I at some point it just starts to I'm like am I spelling it right? Like it looks weird. It's just starting to look weird to me. And I don't know how Lens is able to say in space so many times. And I just love, love, love to picture Lens in, you know, a recording studio and the producer in the booth being like, great, no, really good job. I just, I was wondering if maybe on the next take, you could try to say in space a little bit less, like maybe, maybe just once per sentence, right? Like once per sentence seems doable. (laughs) You don't need to say it so many times. Anyway, so Ozzy the other night is like, I think we should try Lens's guided meditation again. You down to try? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we're going through and we're both trying so hard to like get into it and just put aside the fact that Lens says in space no fewer than 63,000 times in this 45 minute long guided meditation. But it gets to a point when Lens says, and I quote, I wrote it down, Lens says, become aware of the space that space occupies. And then there's a pause. And so I'm already trying to not laugh. But after the pause, Lens says, in space. So I'm going to repeat the full sentence for you. Become aware of the space that space occupies in space. What the fuck are you out of your fucking mind? Are you just trolling us? Is that what's happening? Are you trolling us? Is this all a big joke? Or am I supposed to know what the fuck that means? Are you not aware of how many times you have said in space in this guided meditation? Are you just trying to make us laugh? I mean, I just started bursting out laughing. I could not anymore. There's really actually literally zero point to this story. So we're going to move along to the TV recommendations of the week. Some of these might be repetitive. Oh, by the way, we finished watching Better Call Saul. How beautiful. I'm going to say it for the last time ever on this podcast. If you've not seen Better Call Saul, it is a stunning show. And Ozzy is a film editor, and he said it is in terms of filming angles and editing and things like that. It is the most beautifully produced show that he's ever seen, and that is coming from a professional in the field. So beautiful. The ending was spectacular. I mean, it is start to finish a work of fucking art. I could not say one negative thing about it. But now that we're done, I should start watching other things, but... I have some other recommendations. So if you've not seen the Gossip Girl reboot, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really, it's very true to the original while also beautifully being put into 2022. Great modernization. I I have nothing bad to say about it. I will say the first few episodes, I was like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. But then I got obsessed and I am just waiting with bated breath for season two to come out. Um, 
along with that, if you have not seen the How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Father, beautifully done, I could say the same thing where it really, it's, it's true to the original while being perfectly modernized for today. Below Deck Down Under, I know I've been singing the praises of Below Deck Med, which by the way, I have two episodes to catch up on today and I'm, it's going to be a party. I can't wait. Like I've been waiting for Ozzy to leave for the moment where, not that I can't watch it with him here, but I've just been saving it so I can really relish in it. So yeah, Below Deck Down Under is also very good. My favorite, one of my favorite people ever on reality TV is Aisha. She was on Below Deck Med for a few seasons and she's the chief stew on Below Deck Down Under. She's just excellent energy. Love it. That part of Australia looks stunning. It's these islands up north. And, you know, if you forget, because I constantly do, Australia is south of the equator. So when you go further north, it's warmer. I made this mistake when I was in Sydney and we went down to Barrel, which is south of Sydney. And so I assumed it was going to be warmer and it was fucking freezing. So yeah, Really, really makes me want to go to that part of Australia. Honestly, I've really been miss. I nearly said I've been really homesick. Ooh, wow, what a weird Freudian slip. But I've really, really been missing Australia. And if any Aussie listeners are listening, I fucking love your country. My boyfriend's Australian. My future in-laws. Ooh, did I just say that? How creepy of me. Probably. I mean, you know, who knows what'll happen. But like probably are Australian. I fucking love it there. I was in Sydney for two months. It's, you know, I hope to spend six months here, six months there in the future. But uh, right now it's a little bit difficult to pull that off because of my dog. Although if anyone has any advice, please let me know. Anyway, um, very late to this party, but Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, the Ex-Wives Club, where they're all at Dorinda's at Bluestone Manor. Now, if you're not a Housewives fan, don't watch this, but it is excellent. It's good vibes. And what I really like about the Ultimate Girls Trips that they do is they break the fourth wall, which is very different from other Bravo shows. And it's very interesting to watch. And now here is something for everyone, even if you're not a Bravo person, a documentary on HBO called The Jinx. I'm not going to say anything beyond that because I don't want to give anything away, but it is a true crime documentary and it is the best true crime documentary that I have seen. It is excellent just fucking watch it and then DM me so we can talk about it. Okay. So now really quickly, what I was actually going to talk about today. So I'm in the process of launching a few online courses and look out for those. They should be out by Friday of this week. And as I've been working on these courses, I was thinking about something because one of the courses is about breakups. And so I was thinking about two people in my life. One is a former friend of mine and one is my ex, the comedian. And both of these people kind of jump. So I'll talk about my former friend first. My former friend has never really been single. She jumps from one relationship to another, to another, to another, to another. And she does this because she doesn't want to face the pain 
of mourning that relationship, right? It's really fucking hard. And it's funny, we used to have a lot of conversations about how differently we do breakups because she broke up with someone around the same time that the comedian and I broke up. And while I was, I mean, just in absolute agony and hell and crying and doing all the self-healing, she was traveling the world with the new guy that she immediately started seeing and not really processing any of her breakup. And, you know, she would always be like, I don't understand why you're doing this to yourself just find someone new to talk to like it'll take the pain away and then when she went through another breakup more recently she found a new guy while she was even still with her ex because because you know things were starting to fall apart and she just didn't want to face that pain and what's funny about this friend is she just keeps repeating the same mistakes. She keeps dating various types. Like she keeps just getting in toxic relationship after toxic relationship after toxic relationship and not taking any time to herself to process what's happening and learning and growing. And similar thing with the comedian. So the comedian and I dated, we, you know, right when we met, he was like instantly obsessed, like really one could say love bombing, whatever. I'm not going to put a label on it, but like instantly obsessed and like would go on and on about, you know, how obsessed he was with me and how perfect I was and this and that. And then, you know, I pick a couple of fights and we break up and we broke up January of 2019. So like January 1st of 2019. And in that month, he met a girl and started dating her pretty much you know, first casually seeing her or whatever, but he basically found a replacement in that month. And now three years have gone by. And, you know, at the time I remember I was so upset. I was so hurt because I, you know, I kind of had a vibe from his Instagram that he was seeing someone new. And I just remember being like, this is so unfair because he is the one who broke up with me. Wouldn't it be more fair for me to start dating someone else first and not him to start dating someone else first? Like, isn't that like the least the universe could provide? And then I remember, you know, throughout that year, sometimes I'd look at his Instagram and it just seemed like they were having so much fun together. And this was, you know, when I actually had accepted that him and I aren't right for each other. And I just really wanted to find someone new to fill that void that he left. I would just be like, oh, like, why is it that he gets to move on so quick and gets to have all this? And I've been out here crying my eyes out, doing all this inner child work, doing all this healing, yada, yada. It's so painful. And now three years later, What's funny is the comedian is still in the same cycle. Oh, by the way, I should go back. The comedian and that new girl broke up. Guess when? January 1st of 2020. He basically repeated the entire cycle with me with someone else. And he just keeps doing that. He keeps jumping from, we're pretty good friends now. So like, I know what he's up to. He just kind of jumps from girl to girl, repeating the same mistakes, doing the love bombing, get going way too quick, moving way too quick. And then, you know, literally just keeps repeating the same mistakes that he made with me over and over again. And he avoided the short-term pain of mourning the relationship by doing that, but he has so much more long-term pain. Same with the friend of mine, avoids the short-term pain of doing the inner work, the healing, the growth, you know, whether it's in a breakup context or any other context of just 
getting in there and doing that messy work that's so unpleasant and can be so painful, but they're in so much more long-term pain because they just keep attracting the same cycles. Whereas I went in and did that work and it was fucking hard and it took a while. And in the short term, I may have looked like this loser who's home all the time crying, doing all this work on myself. But look where I am now. I don't experience those cycles anymore. Like I'm in a place, I've never been more secure with myself. Like I've never been in... Like Yes, I'm in a great, loving, stable, healthy, secure relationship, and that's great. That is, don't get me wrong, that is the icing on the fucking cake. But you know what the cake is? The cake is the fact that I'm secure with myself. The cake is the fact that if the relationship that I'm in now, for whatever reason, changed and it stopped being loving and secure and it stopped fulfilling my needs, I would actually be able to walk away. And I've never been able to do that in the past. The relationship that I'm in is stable now. I don't pick fights like I used to. I don't spiral like I used to. Those are all the cakes. It's not the relationship itself. It's the healing that's happened. And so I'm telling you this story because I think... It can be hard to do the work, but that hardness (laughs) is only a short-term thing. In the long term, you come out so far ahead. So if you're going through something, whether it's, you know, a breakup, whether it's recognizing your own patterning where you pick fights or you start to spiral when you're seeing someone like whatever it is you have this icky thing that you're going through yeah it would be easy to just start dating someone new it would be easy to find ways to distract yourself it would be easy to find someone who's more responsive All of these things are well and good, but if you really want to heal it once and for all, you're going to have to get in there. You're going to have to get into your subconscious. You're going to have to get into your patterning. And I do have courses coming out that can help you do that, but that's neither here nor there because there are a million different ways to do things. The courses are just what has worked for me. I walk you through my process, but whatever you do or don't do, I do encourage you to, (laughs) I'm basically like lens now, except in space, I'm just saying do a lot. I do encourage you to get in there, do the messy, dirty, difficult work now, because once you do it, you can get out and be in so much better of a place and not have to keep going through this shit over and over again. Thank you guys so much for listening. Look out for the courses. They should be out on Friday. I'll put links. Well, I won't put links to the courses in the show notes because this episode comes out before the courses, but you know, I'll put links to where you can eventually find the courses. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. Please put it in your Instagram stories and tag at blush pod as a birthday present to Stella. I mean, this is probably the most main thing ever, but seriously, Stella, I love you so much. You're, you're one of my people. Couldn't live without you. So fucking happy you're in my life. You're my favorite Virgo. Again, I think unless I'm forgetting someone, God, I really hope I'm not offending someone, but seriously, guys, thank you so much for listening. You know, the drill rate review, subscribe this, that, whatever. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.